Hello and welcome to Screen Babble, your guide to what to watch. We'll be tuning into hours and hours of TV so we can tell you what you need to be switching on and what's to be avoided. I'm your host Kelly Crichton and once again this week I'm joined by Alex Moreland and Stephen Ross, our resident TV critics, who will keep you right on your road to viewing bliss. As I said last week, normally we've some structure to the podcast, but we're throwing caution to the wind with reckless abandon and we will give you what you want instead. This week we're talking about the year in review. It's something TV people love to do, apparently, so we're all over it. Hi, Alex and Stephen. A different week for us again, but what a great opportunity to talk about the shows you love this year. I really hope there's something controversial in our chat that we can just have a little argument over, like last week, a bit. Also, to point out, this is not an exhaustive list, as we have not watched absolutely everything, just in case anyone was wondering. It's our list, our hopes, our dreams, and some of our nightmares. So up first, best new programme from whatever genre you like, Stephen. Yeah, so I've, I spoke about this a little bit before, but I was only halfway through it at that point. So SES Rogue Heroes, yep. um, for me, is the best, probably the best new show that I've seen this year mm-hmm. um, that um, I wanted to talk about. Uh, it's from Stephen Knight, the Peaky Blinders creator. As uh, fans of our podcast will know, it's a historical drama series about the founding of the SAS Special Air Service during the Second World War, the campaign in North Africa. Mm. The Allies realised they need some sort of way to really sort of stick it to the Germans and they set up this elite band of reckless, misfit um, daredevils who sort of go behind enemy lines on really dangerous missions and plant bombs mm-hmm. on sort of enemy planes and tanks and uh, troop carriers and things and just try to cause as much chaos as possible. Mm-hmm. And it really, really sucked the landing. Like the last episode I thought was fantastic. Right. One, uh, you, you've seen this as well, Kelly. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it, but one thing that I thought was a little bit frustrating was the way that they sort of handled the one strong female character in the series. Yeah. I thought she didn't necessarily get um, a fair sort of go at it with her, her storyline sort of fizzled out, mm-hmm. whereas the sort of main guy characters had much more yeah. complete arcs. Yeah. So that's my one gripe with it. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, is she a real person as well? Or was she invented? No, so she was, this is the thing. So I thought, well, fair enough. It's a historical drama. You can only do so much. She was completely created for the series, Mm. presumably because they realised. There was no women otherwise, yeah. Very, yeah, testosterone-y. So they've created this uh, female character specifically to sort of give a bit of balance to it. Mm -hmm. And then in the last sort of episode, kind of, abandoned that Mm -hmm. a little bit so that was a bit bit disappointing yeah I would say she was kind of strong at the start and then her character fizzled out a bit as you say Mm. and the other thing that maybe is a strange thing to remark on is she looked so glamorous and beautiful it was nearly unbelievable that this woman in North Africa during a war could look so so beautiful and her clothes were so so fashionable and so it just seemed a little bit strange it was like she was trying to be very, very woman because she was the only woman in it. You know what I mean? maybe. Um, exactly. Yeah. So I did find that a little bit jarring, but I actually really, really, really enjoyed it as well. And I, I said, when you mentioned it previously, it wasn't really kind of my thing, these kind of historical mm. drama things, but I really enjoyed it. I thought the cast were excellent. It was a good mix of extreme violence and 
yeah. emotional turmoil. And I, I meant to kind of look up what was real and what wasn't that happened in it. But I guess it's it's mainly based in reality. But I must do that at some point over the festive period. Yeah. So I say so Org Heroes. That's your first recommendation for this year. What else, Stephen? Uh, so, yeah, another recommendation I have is something totally different. Uh, it's Make Me Prime Minister. So that's it was a new show to Channel 4 mm. with um, Alistair Campbell and Baroness Warsi, who was a, a Tory politician back in the day. And Alistair Campbell was obviously uh, Tony Blair's spin doctor during Blair administration. And they're looking for Britain's alternative prime minister. And I don't know when this show was pitched, but it came at like the perfect time because mm-hmm. everyone's thinking, yeah, we could do with an alternative prime minister. I think the show itself survived longer than Liz trusted. Like it, it started with Boris and ended with yeah. with um, Rishi. So mm-hmm. in each episode, they sort of feed in bits from the last week's political happenings in reality. And they're like, you know, they talk about that and, and they set up these candidates with sort of real world scenarios of how they would deal with these crises. And it's, it's very much the apprentice. It's very much in the style of the apprentice, but with a much more political slant. And I do, well, as a presenter and personality, I do really like Alistair Campbell. I'm not going to plug his podcast, but I really like his podcast. I probably have some gripes with him from when he was in power, but yeah, I think he's a really good um, presenter on this show. Who are the would-be prime ministers? Jackie Weaver. Oh, so they're, they're not celebrities. They're just... Are they politicians? No, they're just no. political geeks that are just yeah, ordinary people okay. that yeah. potentially sort of yeah. want a little bit of fame or just think they might be quite good at it. It's not really clear what the prize is, though. Like, they're, yeah. they're Britain's... They don't get to be prime minister, no, obviously, but they probably do a better job of it if they do. They're, they're just Britain's win, yeah. new alternative prime minister, but that's not a thing, okay. so I'm not really sure. Do you think they'll give... I suppose it'll been announced by the time we release this but do you think they'll do the um channel four alternate king speech bit of bit of synergy yeah, that could, that's possible yeah they may well do yeah. that mm-hmm. and maybe i'll watch did, it. did jackie weaver win she, jackie weaver did not win not she's yeah. interesting yeah, so jackie weaver was in it actually and she's the she? celebrityest yeah. person in it okay um, in air quotes but no she did not win it was just sort of a regular tiktok influencer the rest of the cast were just regular regular people mm-hmm. but it, it was it was very interesting and it seemed to completely bomb critics seemed to hate it so i don't know if it'll be coming back for another season i really hope it does yeah. i completely bypassed me at the time i and i would quite like that i kind of like you know political commentary mm. and whatnot and probably poking fun at the government a little bit. So it completely bypassed me, but I guess it's a bit like you couldn't really watch it back because it's if they're talking a lot about what was happening at the time, it probably is, hasn't doesn't age well, really. Yeah, what do you think? I think it's, well, it's like The Apprentice, isn't it? When you miss that the yeah. episode that week, you don't really go back and watch it. You just sort of catch the next one. No, week. absolutely. Okay. Right, over to you, Alex. Tell us, new series. What did you enjoy? So I, I've been keeping a list all year of what I've been watching, colour-coded yeah. list. Wow. Uh, and I hit 129 shows this year. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is which is an advance on last year, only 96. Oh, wow, well um, done. Yeah, I know. But yeah, so I think my... You need to tell us a little bit more about the colour coding there. Is it like... Oh, it's just like traffic lights. Yeah. Um, Green, yellow, red. I had yeah. 19 red ones. That's bad. Yeah. And 24 yellow ones. So yeah. generally pretty good. Oh, yeah. Good. Um, okay. 
that's you might need a more complex again. system for next year <laughs> no <laughs> uh yeah maybe uh, i was thinking about putting in like blue ones and orange ones but it's, it's too complicated um <laughs> but despite all of that my kind of favorite shows sort of aired in february so I've kind of known for ages what was... So there's no recency of, issue there, no, whereas no, Stephen no, might have a recency issue with the Rogue Heroes, but we'll, we'll leave him off. Yeah. So one of them was Severance, which mm-hmm. is this. Uh, it's on Apple TV Plus, and it is a sort of sci-fi workplace satire kind of thing. Uh, it is about this guy who... Uh, he's played by Adam Scott, who is who's really good in it, really good in the kind of dramatic role. And he and the other employees at this kind of shady office have all undergone a sort of a procedure to like separate their mind. Mm. So when they go into work, they have no idea what their outside life is. When oh, they wow. come home, they've got no idea what they've done in work. Okay. Uh, so they sort of sit around at work, going, you know, I wonder if I wonder if I own a dog. I wonder if I wonder if I you know have a family. Wouldn't that be interesting? I wonder if I like the color blue. I I, I don't want to give too much away, but it is it is genuinely is quite fantastic. Um, mm. Would would really recommend that. Strong strong year for Apple. Which I, I know it's another sort of streamer to add on, but I'd say they've got probably the not definitely not the deepest or the biggest catalog. But across mm. the year, I think they've had a lot of the really good quality best, best new shows. Yeah, yeah. Bad Sisters as well. Sharon yes. Morgan show that another great one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one from February, which I know you're going to speak about, was This Is Going To Hurt, mm. which, yeah, I loved that. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Bad Sisters, so many people text me about Bad Sisters. You have to watch uh, Bad Sisters. Yeah. No, you do. You have to. I still haven't watched it, but yeah, yeah. It's, it was really supposed to be really excellent. I would say I'll try and watch it, but like, I probably won't get to watch it with all the Christmas stuff that's on oh, in the next few weeks, but, yeah. but it's definitely on my, my list. And that Severance sounds interesting as well so yeah just briefly and this is going to hurt this came out earlier in the year as well I actually didn't like the first couple of episodes Mm. I don't know why I think maybe it took me a while to warm to Ben Wishaw's character because I don't know like he's he's a complex guy I guess you know that's that's charitable (laughs) yeah yeah it is but um this is based on the book by Adam Kay who actually is like touring around doing a stage mm. show about this yeah. this book as well. But essentially it's based in a maternity unit and it's kind of the dark side essentially of the things that can kind of go wrong and overworked doctors and under-resourced and all the strange things and some funny things that happen obviously as well in hospitals and in maternity units so yeah really good it was quite controversial there was people talking about it in parliament and all sorts of thing uh things at one point and apparently i didn't know this until i was reading up a bit about it last night but apparently some midwives had advised their um pregnant mothers not to watch it for fear of sort of trauma yeah that makes sense i think i saw was it the opening scene with the yeah. in the lift with the and the and, uh, with the <laughs> all the blood, do we need to describe that for the Steve, listeners? Stephen's slightly traumatized by the, the sound of this. Not into medical dramas. That was enough. Um, I was watching yeah. it to see where it was filmed for a story because part of it was mm. filmed in Sheffield in the mm. Paternoster lift, which is a very famous lift. Okay. Um, and I saw that, and I thought, I will not be watching this. No thanks. <laughs> 
Yeah, it is very worth a watch. It's really, mm. really good. And as someone who has, has had given birth to two children, people probably need to watch more of this stuff, actually, rather than the sugar-coated rubbish you see on things like called The Midwife, probably. But there you go. <laughs> that's my tuppence worth. So, yeah, that's really great. And funnily enough, I was trying to find out, like, if there was going to be a second series, because I'm not sure if the book, if that kind of covers everything that was in his book, but there's no mention of a second series but apparently a friend of Screen Babble and became odd um, did say there was some talk of a second series so wow okay no, Alex, tell us well, no I was going to say I think um, Adam Kay who I mean he, he's written loads of these books I think there's more that they could have done but I think mm. he said that um, yeah they're not they're not going to do another series that's sort of one and done I kind of Accept that. It doesn't, yeah. you know, it was really good. It was really strong. I mean, Amika Mad was brilliant yeah. in it. Like this, this performance the, of the year. Oh my God, she was outstanding. Yeah. Um, and her character's story is absolutely crushing. Yeah. Yeah. In um in real life, I think a year or two after sort of where the show ends, 2005 or so, uh, the real Adam Kay, he sort of gave up medicine and he went into into comedy. Okay. And he wrote that London Underground song from ages ago mm -hmm. and episodes of Stephen's favourite Mrs. Brown's Boys. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's slightly bizarre, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> Rolling along with that. So he's so, not... Okay, I kind of thought he was doing kind of stand-up about his medical stuff, but it's about he's basically doing comedy, everything. Um, yeah, isn't? he's done a bit yeah. of that too. Okay. But I imagine Ben Wishaw sort of writing Mrs. Brown's Boys episodes was not... <laughs> Not as compelling a script, maybe. <laughs> oh, hilarious. I love it. Okay. And actually, we see a bit of his personal life story as well, obviously. He has a kind of a very complicated love story with his partner and he's kind of stressed out and it's impacting their relationship. And his other half is a really nice guy and he treats him like mock and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but um, there you go. Finally, House of the Dragon, which we've mentioned on here a few times, I think... Did you watch it, Alex? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It took me a while to get into it. But. Also contains some pretty horrible birth scenes. Oh, yeah, well. it does. Yeah. Oh, my God, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's fair to say we all really enjoyed this. This is the prequel, obviously, to Game of Thrones. Portrays the events leading up to the beginning of the decline of House of Targaryen. Set about 200 years beforehand. And my big thing with this was I thought Matt Smith was outstanding. He was just so good as a bad guy. I've never seen him as a bad guy in anything else. I thought he was absolutely brilliant as uh, Prince Damon. Paddy Considine actually played the rotting oh, yeah. King Viserys really stage. well. Yeah. Oh, it was gross, wasn't it? Like, yeah. that's good TV, isn't it? When you're like covering your eyes a bit sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah. And apparently this is out on Blu-ray this week for any Blu-ray fans out that there. One Blu-ray fan still flying the flag. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, what were your thoughts on it? We have to wait another couple of years, unfortunately, for Series 2. Well, a year and a half, at least, I'd say. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I... Uh, for for a long time, I was not not fussed by Game of Thrones. I was never really on that, um, that train, that dragon. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> that was terrible. Um, but, yeah, no, I... I I came, I came to enjoy House of the Dragon quite a bit. Certainly, that by by the end, those final episodes with Paddy Constantine, that was mm -hmm. yeah, I, I got quite into it. Stephen, yeah, so I I was a massive Game of Thrones fan. Um, 
up mm, until me too. like the last couple of seasons when they totally went off the rails. So I was excited with um, House of the Dragon because it looked like they were doing it properly and that they'd learned from sort of season eight of Game of Thrones what not to do. Mm. And yeah, I thought the first episode was really safe, like compelling, but nothing spectacular. And then I, th- I think it was the mm. second episode that I thought was really dull. And then after that, it just sort of picked up um, and I thought it was mm-hmm. great. Um, yeah, Paddy Considine was fantastic. No, I was going to say that early stuff with the, uh, the crab crab feeder, crab king. Oh, yeah. yeah a bit strange. Yeah. crabs. It was a bit weird. Yeah. That was a little bit didn't, strange. Didn't care for that. Yeah. The, the, thing I, the thing I didn't like was the, that big time jump on episode three or four. Mm. That kind of discombobulated yeah. me a bit. And the other thing was this debate, which we could probably do a whole podcast on, which is why is everything so dark now? Why is everything being filmed like in the dark where you can hardly see the who's on this screen? They had a few of those episodes. It was yeah. like, what is what is going on here? Who is even on the screen? I hadn't invented light bulbs yet. In the final season of Game of Thrones, the episode The Long Night, I think it was called, was the mm. most hyped up episode. It was built up from the first episode of season one. This big confrontation between the Nightwalkers mm. and sort of the human sort of... Yeah. And... You couldn't see it because it was so poorly lit and everyone was... I mean, not only was it poorly lit, it was also a crap episode because it was terribly written and it was just rubbish. But everyone... But aside from that... Everyone went onto Twitter to say, this was like, for a show that's in its final season that's the most popular show ever, you've not lit the scene, so we don't know what's going on. And that's one thing that they did carry on into House of the Dragon. Do you think it's because they don't want to pay... For the detail, you know, like as well, in they can get away with a lot more if it's really dark. It was an expensive season, though, wasn't it? It's... They can copy and paste yeah. people in the in the scene, if yeah. you know, especially battle scenes and stuff. You know, is that it? It could be, but they're spending was it twenty million an episode on on House of the Dragon? Yeah, oh, it's wild. Um, the budgets are wild. So I mean, yeah. compared to Rings of Power, it's cheap, but it's still, you know, yeah. you still expect someone to stick an overhead light on, but. okay I wonder if our listeners will agree with all of that as Alex says send us your thoughts on a postcard and we'll read them out Uh, next up we're talking about returning series which of these floated your boat this year Stephen returning series yep so a big one for me was um, the Better Call Saul final season season 6 I thought that was amazing I think it probably mm. topped Breaking Bad by the end of it and Bob Odenkirk really yeah Bob Odenkirk wow. was for me the best thing about Breaking Bad I mean he was for a lot of people mm. which is why they did Better Call Saul Rhea Sihon who plays Kim Wexler fantastic character really great mm. actor and this season was just like the PS de resistance I guess for the show um, the, the black and white stories that they'd been building up very slowly really came into their own. Um, it was really, really good resolution for the character. I think you couldn't have had a better ending. The final episode of the series was in some ways quite understated, but also just like perfect. Everything you would sort of want mm. from the final final episode of the show, it sort of wrapped everything up. And yeah, it, the, the there were a couple of things I didn't like about it, which was primarily the ham-fisted cameos that just didn't add anything other than we need to Mm. get Walt and Jesse back into a scene. And Jesse's clearly a 45-year-old man now. (laughs) 
And Breaking Bad was set after Better Call Saul. Yeah, so right? Breaking Bad was set yeah. a few years after Better Call Saul ends. Mm-hmm. Apart from that, and that was very small part of it, I thought it was a, a really, really good final season. And quite a slow burn as well, because it, it was split into two halves when it came out on Netflix. And the first few episodes of the first half were very slow, but really compelling. And then it really sort of picked up a bit of pace. It was it was really, really great. Okay. Alex, over to you. Yeah, a couple of different things. The second series of Bloods was on this year, which is a, mm-hmm. it's a sort of a sitcom about paramedics. I always say that wrong ever since the pandemic. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that's, uh, it's got people like Samson Ko and Jane Horrocks. Um, and that I, re- I really enjoy that. It's um, kind of, it follows the different, teams in their ambulance so it's got a lot mm-hmm. of um very good double acts mm-hmm. uh, and i thought that series two um kind of compared to series one did a really good job of splitting those double acts up uh bringing in new characters to kind of contrast and push them in different ways and and yeah it was it was a really good kind of development and evolution of the series um okay. so i liked it a lot for that for that reason nice. um and then the other one which I, I watched both series this year, so mm-hmm. I guess it's new to me, returning to most people, uh, was The Capture, which mm. uh, is the sort of BBC One show about kind of deep fakes and camera trickery and oh, how that impacts yeah. uh, this police investigation. Um, that, yeah, again, really enjoyed that. Um, enjoyed the second series a little bit more. Yeah, I only watched the first one and I was like, meh, by the end of it. See, I, I got quite into it. And what was mm. what was fun about that as well was um, a lot of my friends got into it at the same time. So we were all sort of, you know, discussing it together. And it was, um, mm-hmm. so it was a nice kind of communal experience, which is mm-hmm. which is what TV is all about in the end. Uh, yeah, so that, yeah, that, that was really good. And that's a big part of why it was one of my favourites of the year. Okay, uh, that's yeah. good. Yeah, I always remember... God, the hype around the Game of Thrones finale. Like we had WhatsApp groups going like nonstop mm. and stuff. And it was just so good to be part of the chat. We don't really have those TV moments, do we, anymore, where the whole nation is like sitting down watching the same apart thing. You from know, but, um, the World Cup. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> not not, not everyone. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Alex, flying the flag for yeah. non-football fans. My two are pretty predictable. I would say Stranger Things was back for season four. Mm. I think what's worth mentioning about this is I like the way that they released it. They released it in two batches. So we were able to sort of inhale it for a little while and then have a break and inhale it again so that we had, there was a little bit of suspense and stuff. So yeah, it was really good. The other thing that they did was they had really long run times, mm. the episodes, which I can't really comment on because I'm pretty sure I had to stop it and watch the second <laughs> half the next day. So it made no real difference to me. But they were more like movies the last few episodes, I thought. And of course, it spawned a massive, uh, huge resurgence in the popularity of uh, Kate Bush and her um, and her track. Uh, oh my God, what was the name of the Running track? Running up that hill. <laughs> Running up that hill. Yeah. So yeah, so there was that, and then Peaky Blinders came back for its sixth and final series. I think Peaky Blinders lost its way a little bit in season four and five, but I actually really enjoyed this season. I absolutely adore Killian Murphy. I love the way they finished it off. And I am very, very excited about the movie, which starts filming next spring. There you go. 
Is that right, Alex? Is it? Is it? Uh, that <laughs> is. Is that what you know? News to me, I think. Oh, um, oh my god! I love yeah, it when I bring I, something to the table. Yeah, because I think um, last or last I heard, not not that I'm super in the know with Peaky Blinders, but um, the the main the writer whose name's gone out of my head, Stephen Knight. Stephen Knight. Yeah, he is. I think a lot more enthusiastic about it than Killian Murphy seems to be. Oh, so I don't know. Maybe maybe it is next spring, but mm. that'll be exciting for all the Peaky Blinders fans. Well, I'm sure I'm sure we can confirm that in the new year. So watch this space. Uh, right, probably the juiciest bit of our chat. What sank your ship this year, Alex? Um, so it was a Channel Four show, a uh, sitcom. It was called I Hate You, which. I'm sure led to lots of very confusing emails when they were making that. <laughs> um, I, I always felt bad sending that to like, like emailing Channel Four about it. Like, I don't really subject um, heading. I hate you. Yeah, yeah that was exactly Italics, it. Inverted commas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, it was uh, it was a show from from the creator of Friday Night Dinner, and it starred one of the one of the leads from Sex Education. And it was it was not very good. Uh, is it a, like a comedy drama or what, no? What no, it? it's it's a sitcom. It's about just these two okay. um, friends who live together. What what it reminded me of more than anything, and this is maybe a strange comparison, but chewing gum adverts. You know, <laughs> you know those really um, fake. They're just yeah, fake, yeah, the, sort yeah. of the strange ones that are like, oh, you know, if you chew this gum you'll see a moose and your eyes will turn funny colors yeah. <laughs> it, it felt like that kind of comic sensibility okay um and it yeah it did not work for me at all oh okay so yeah. wah, wah, as they say i i Anything hate else it you w- <laughs> uh okay Stephen, what about you yeah I've, I've not watched anywhere near as many shows this year as, as alex and i am <laughs> so i did when i do watch a show i try to be very Positive selective. Well, I just, I, I definitely wouldn't watch like two episodes of a show that I wasn't into. Yeah. Okay. So I've not really had that many that have totally like I've hated, but mm-hmm. um, the latest season of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which came onto Netflix, I think early this year, season 15. Mm. I'm kind of surprised to hear that because it's such a diehard fan type program, yeah. isn't and it? Yeah, and I, I, I love the show and I just... Mm. Mm. I think if I'd have if that had been season one, I'd have probably thought it was fine, and it was fine, but it wasn't anywhere near as good as as the uh, the prior seasons. I think they've just, I mean, it's season fifteen for a kickoff, so yeah, but yeah. it's become a lot more on the nose and a lot less sharp mm. and a lot more obvious. Like I think this is the problem that that I mean, Trump, Donald Trump had a lot of problems but one of the most egregious <laughs> things he did was that he sort of ruined satire because you know like i hate the president is it's such an overdone joke now and i think because of how surreal america's got not to disparage our american fans but like it looks a bit of a hellscape from from over here so always sunny when it was you know during the more calm pre-pandemic years was able to be a lot more surreal, whereas now it's not really surreal because, yeah, that's just the it, it just it lost a lot of a bit of its bite, I think. And for some reason, they took they, it's set in Ireland, which I was quite excited for, but it doesn't really go anywhere, and it feels mm. a lot more 
plot focused, whereas Always Sunny wasn't. Okay. It was a bit like Seinfeld in that, like there, there was a, a hook to each episode, but it was more just these terrible people hanging out being terrible, and then it became this this odyssey in Ireland. It looks like they're struggling for content, doesn't it? A little bit. Yeah. I do love Always Sunny and I definitely think it's still worth watching and I'm still excited for the new season. But I do think that later season was a, the biggest drop in quality between seasons so far, unfortunately. Do you think it's um, like it's kind of time for them to wrap it up soon? Or? Definitely, yeah. I think I think they won't because it, it still is really popular and a lot of people did seem to love the latest season. But... Yeah, I just think part of it is that once you've done all of the outrageous things they've done for the first 14, 15 seasons, you sort of wear out the shock comedy and the dark humour because mm. it's not shocking anymore. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Bit, bit of a shame always to see those great shows going slightly downhill. Yeah. Um, and not letting go at the right time. Yeah, so my two disasters this year were well it was just really disappointing Killing Eve just completely lost its way completely lost the plot and had a brutal ending I thought I loved the first couple of series of Killing Eve and it just turned into something else it was like I don't know if the writers changed or what but it just turned new new lead writer every year that's probably the problem yeah so there you go and then I am still persisting with The Rings of Power and the fifth episode was better than the fourth episode, but I'm I am disappointed in it. I'm I don't have all the warm and fuzzies I was hoping for. I loved Lord of the Rings, and it's just not quite there. Yeah, even I sad gave up face. on that one. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Sad face. Sad face. Okay, so really quickly because we're really running over time but tell us your what was your hidden gem just give us a give us a name give us a title okay alex um very quickly but there's there's two of them uh hacks <laughs> it's on amazon prime over here is about sort of the relationship between two comedians one of them is this sort of vegas stand-up legend coming to the end of her career mm-hmm. one of them is this sort of startup twitter comedian almost and they kind of come together to sort of revive the the old one's act that's really good and then the other one is minx which is it was on hbo over in america paramount here uh it is about this sort of this woman this journalist who wants to start a it's in it's in the 1970s she wants to start a feminist magazine the only publisher she can find is sort of a pornographer basically and so she has to balance all of her kind of articles or intellectual articles with with smart basically wow. um but that is that's very fun it's very good um yeah. it was I like the premise yesterday quite shockingly sort of cancelled um what? it was they, they've been filming it and they've finished filming the second series but then uh hbo sort of said actually no thank you you can you know keep the footage hopefully oh, no. by the time this someone goes out pick it up, maybe. yeah hopefully yeah. someone will found it but i, I oh, really love that so I wanted to shout it out before we go. Yeah. There's nothing worse than when you're into a series and then it's they're like, oh, we'll maybe do five or six series. So and then they film sec- second series or third series and then they just stop and yeah. it's not resolved. It's the worst. I, I would say it, it's still worth watching as it is. The ending of okay. the first series yep. functions on its own, but but hopefully mm. they will get to release the end of it. Cool. Stephen. 
hidden gem. I, I don't know if it counts as a hidden gem because it got Maybe quite a bit a of press yeah. when it came out, but most people I don't think actually saw it or, in, or saw it in its entirety. Sherwood, which is mm. on BBC iPlayer, mm. um, it's, it's my kind of thing. It's a true crime yeah. drama series um, about a couple of murders that happened in 2002 in a community in Nottinghamshire um, that was an old mining community and like torn apart by the mining strikes because one community of people were um, scabs. So they, yep. in air quotes, they didn't go on strike during the major strikes in the in the 80s and the rest of the community did all go on strike mm-hmm. and the killings that took place in 2002 despite not really being related to the minor strike yeah. the whole investigation was still very much impacted by it and the yeah. divisions of 20 the years ago were still yeah, clearly there mm-hmm. um and i thought it was yeah it was really 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 good the uh writer of that listens to screen bubble well, wasn't that just a fantastic <laughs> program then? <laughs> well, he, he follows me on Twitter, but I like to assume all of them uh, listen to Screen Bubble. All of them. What's, all what's the writers. Uh, James Graham. Right, so. well, shout out to James Graham. Thank you for, for writing that show. <laughs> yeah. I very much enjoyed yeah, it. Good acting, good cast as well on that. Some really solid, older uh, British actors. If James wants to come on the podcast, I'm sure we'd, we'd, we'd love that. Always welcome. We'd love that. My... Hidden Gem of this year, I absolutely loved, 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 loved. It was a drama, BBC iPlayer, you can get it on all three series. I had never heard of it before, happened across it by accident when I was looking for something to watch. The Split, uh, which is written by Abby Morgan, and I think it's one of the best written dramas I have watched potentially ever. I just thought her character development and the way people talk in it and the things that aren't said is perfect. Sometimes in dramas, people just talk too much and they explicitly have to say everything. Whereas in this, a lot of the stuff that isn't said builds the story sort of thing, you know. And I, it, it was just really, really excellent. Nicola Walker as Hannah Stern and Stephen Mangan. Yes, Stephen Mangan's in it, isn't he's he? A like co- a dramatic kind of comedian, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's really good in it. And they're a family of divorce lawyers, and surprise, surprise, they're all dealing with different divorces, etc. Um, but I just loved it. And there were some older characters in it as well, which was really good. We don't always see older characters. We've got really full stories as well, and really strong female leads. And I just thought it was exceptional. So I'll be looking forward to whatever Abby Morgan is doing uh, in future as well. There won't be any more series of that. It concluded very nicely and if loved if slightly that. disappointingly, but very nicely, perfectly. Yeah. Um, loved it. Loved it. So there you go. Well, if people have if people don't have something to watch over the Christmas break after listening to the last two podcasts, I don't know what to do. I think we all need to give up. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you to everybody for listening to Screen Babble so far. We've been around for a few weeks now and we're delighted to have you guys with us and listening to our recommendations, etc. We will have a mini Screen Babble on this Friday morning as well, which will be previewing everything for next year. So this is things we know very little about, but there you need to get them in the diary. Not quite everything, but a few. A okay, few well, the, some of the picks. big ones, some of the big ones, and some some we made Stephen include, <laughs> yeah. um, and some it, we just made up. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to be hosting our own TV special on ITV. <laughs> 
Okay, maybe not. So if you have any suggestions on what we need to cover in future episodes of Screen Babble, please do get in touch on social media. We'd love for you to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast so we can reach as many TV lovers as possible. We'll be back in the new year with more Screen Babble. In the meantime, have a wonderful Christmas break and new year and all the best. Bye. Happy New Year. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.